The following podcast contains coarse language and adult themes. This week on the show, our somewhat poorly timed heaping helping of holiday happiness as we chat one of the most heartbreaking and heartwarming Christmas stories ever put to screen, the animated classic, Klaus. I'm Riggs. And I'm Baby Bear. Oh, fuck, he's back. <laughs> and this is the Film Addicts Podcast. <laughs> Hey friends and welcome back to the Filmatics Podcast. We're so happy to have you here. Um, I'm here with Baby Bloodaxe again, who, as you can't tell because this is a podcast, is currently being um, uh, uh, animated, I guess you call, fittingly enough, by a dragon over Google Meet. So, hey Baby Bloodaxe, how you doing? I'm doing okay. <laughs> you, it's funny because I've now seen Rebel Moon and I realise that... Um, there's nothing like this, even remotely <laughs> in the picture. There's no... the dragons? There's not really dragons. Baby Blood Axe is non-existent. There's no ex-wife. Like, we were completely off the mark. Completely off the mark. <laughs> Sorry, Zach. Well, um... In, in my, Disappointed? In my D&D game, like, my... When I'm DMing, my, my character is Blood Axe. He's a dragonborn. Um, right. So yeah, that makes perfect sense in in the squad. That's right, because you named your character Bloodaxe, or you named a character Bloodaxe. Is that right? Yeah, so I named my character Bloodaxe before. Well, before we knew that Bloodaxe Bloodaxe was going to be in uh, Rebel Moon. Okay. <laughs> how 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 topical are we? Fucking hell! Um, amazing. Well, here we are. We're back on talking about Klaus, um, which I did watch over the Christmas period because I love it so much. Um, and, and I guess it's kind of, you know, good that we do the episode now because I didn't want to just like do it during Christmas because that's too obvious. It's either too late or too fucking early. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's extremely early or just a little bit late. So we'll go for just a little bit late. Um, but before all that... Uh, it's kind of hard to say this because we're recording episodes back to back today. But um, how are you? What's going on? I'm I'm doing I'm actually doing good at the moment. That's awesome. I'm I'm glad to hear it. Did we, Did you have a fun last two hours when we recorded our best? I did. I, I missed you a lot. Oh, I missed you a lot. It was a gap, and it was lovely having Leanne on for the for the um for the midnight mass episode. But it is you know it's nice when we get to get back just two bruvs just just you know talking shit. Um, about some some pretty great movies, Klaus being one of them, and and a bunch from twenty twenty three. Um, we didn't do our normal sort of setup for the episode for the best of, um, just you know because it was we had a lot to talk about already, but we're going to get back to it today. So this is the first uh, 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 segment twenty twenty four. Of what are we watching? Do you want to talk about what are we watching? Let's do what are we watching? What are we watching? A little bit more enthusiasm next time, all right? Watching! <laughs> there it is. Wonderful. Um, so what are, what are we watching? What are you watching? Oh, man. 
So much. Tell me about some stuff and things. So much porn. What? <laughs> Whatever. Get some of that Christmas point. Everyone's fucking dildo on each other with candy canes. Getting minty fresh. What? <laughs> oh, dear. I didn't know you could it's taste from begun. down there. Well, I can't. Um, I don't know. I don't know about other people, though. Um, so, anyway, tell me about feeling, feeling start, feeling start. So, okay, I'll start off with something that's a little personal. So, uh, this, this is not a film. Well, it kind of was a film because it, it came out as like a short film. But the Beatles have ended with their um, with their last uh, track being "Now and Then." Okay, I was gonna say. That's been a long time, mate. But, but I, I see what you're saying now. Yeah, the, sure. That was their, like, now and then was their officially the last uh, track. Um, and it's got vocals by John Lennon and guitar by... Uh, fuck, I might cry. <laughs> uh, guitar by George Martin. Nope. Uh, George. Not George. George Harrison. George Harrison. Fuck, George Martin yep. was the producer. Who who's, who's the father of Giles Martin? who has done an incredible job of preserving and remastering every single Beatles song. Um, but yeah, it was, it came out on my grandfather's birthday as well. And it was, it was just, it was, there were too many emotions flying around. And I, I loved it. It came out as a short film. Um, and they show like the process of them making it and like how they got the cassette tape and how through through the machine learning process, they were they were able to extract like John's vocals. Wow. Okay. And um, that's not AI, by the way. Machine learning is is a completely different thing, and AI is a completely different. Are you thing. sure? <laughs> yes. It sounds pretty fucking yeah. Because like we've been doing machine learning kind of stuff like ever since like the good old days of fucking CG invention. Because yeah. like so much of it like now realizing how you can take something and make it better right and is this sort of like um in lotr when they built those like the armies yeah and and the armies would learn from each other based on the threats and all that stuff well that's did that happen i'm not sure yeah so like they they would build cg armies and then they would like program in them to behave based on um, you know what the threat was, um, and some and it fucked oh, up okay. a few times where the guys were like turning around and running away. <laughs> well, that's this. I think it's Return of the King. This is not that. Although it's it's insane that you bring up Lord of the Rings because uh, per, I was going to say Percy Jackson, but Peter Peter Jackson. <laughs> Percy Jackson's the little Olympian. Kid. Yeah, the little <laughs> demigod. Yeah, the little demigod. You're thinking about the. You're thinking about uh, Peter Jackson. Yeah, he, I'm thinking about my god. So uh, Lord of the Rings and the Frighteners as well, and also something more recent. <laughs> what has he done? Cool. He did. I did. They also did those Hobbit pictures. He did, and I like those. And a really good film, King Kong. Yeah, <laughs> we with Jack Black. I don't think I've ever done an, a shitty New Zealand accent. So there you go, everyone. Another one. Another one. <laughs> <laughs> DJ Khaled. Um. Yeah, he did the he did the uh, the Beatles Get Back trilogy, which also had mm. that uh, machine learning technology where they took they took footage from the from sixty nine, I think it was, 
what I was shot on, like 16 millimeter. My favorite number. Uh, yeah. Sorry, there's some low hanging fruit there. Shit. <laughs> Didn't even have to stand up for that one. Uh, machine learning. Keep going. Um, and then, uh, so they took every single picture of all the Beatles in existence. They fed it to a program that then took that footage and made it, and then made it as they would look. They would look at that time, and there are pictures of them at that time looking exactly how they look in the film. But if you watch the sixteen millimeter one, which is way hard to find, they don't. They don't look like that because, like, it was a lot of shit happened, and by the mm. end of it, uh, people didn't go watch it because there were there were news clippings of. Uh, all of them having a fight, and the, the documentary is is um is it's it's a mini series and it's three episodes long. Each episode is almost well, the first two are like three hours, and the last one wow okay, and the last one is two hours and thirty minutes, and like that one's last hour is the entirety of the rooftop uh, concert. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, but yeah, so and Peter Jackson. While they were doing that, they also applied that with uh, their Let It Be album or the Get Back album. And they did that and then they remastered it. And uh, so, yeah, with with that happening almost 50 years after, after like, they stopped making music together and two of them died, they were able to make they were able to make this song. And this song was originally supposed to be on the anthology uh, uh, album when when George Harris was still alive. George Harrison. Yeah, wow. I keep fucking up that name. Like, it's Harrison. Yeah, yeah that's all right. I'm People sorry. know who you mean. Um, yeah. But yeah, they, they just weren't able to understand what, what John was saying at that time. And because of the technology that Peter Jackson invented for the... Uh, the documentary they were able to make that song and it's it's insane that that song exists and it came out in my lifetime mm. but yeah yeah well i mean that's you, you you're blessed then i am um but yeah so i watched the documentary in the lead up to the release of the song and uh, i also caught up on all fucking uh 65 episodes of the the third campaign of critical role that i hadn't seen only yep. I had only seen the highlights, and each episode was like four hours long. So yeah. Wow! <laughs> How did you do that and watch du- Dungeons and Dragons fifty eight times or whatever? Well, the the thing with the critical role, like the campaign thing, is that they they upload it as podcasts as well. So yeah. I, so I watch how much ever I can, and then I and then like going to, going to UN and all that, I just put it on as as a podcast. Yeah. Sure. So yeah, that. And uh, I'm watching, or I'm currently watching the the Monarch series with White and Kurt yeah. Russell. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. I've only two. I know there's more out than that, but I've only watched two episodes, and then Christmas came around, so I was started watching Christmas stuff. But um, I th- I'm digging it. I think it's cool. Yeah, it's it's really cool. It's also the first ever time that this universe, like this Godzilla universe, has done human characters right. So yeah, yeah, I I can I understand that. Yeah, that the, everybody, no one's very broadly drawn in the other things, but because they've got so much airtime to fill, you can't populate it with just monsters the whole time. Because not only would you get battle fatigue, but you'd also like it'd cost too much. 
Um, it would, but here you can actually have real, real people with real problems and 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 real shit going on. And the fact that Wyatt plays his, I mean, he's also like a foot and a half older than, a uh, taller than his dad, which is pretty funny. But um, but yeah, the fact that Wyatt is playing playing the the Russell in flashback. Amazing. That's some, that's some premium casting. Apple, well done, well done again. Yeah. And there, there are two stories going on at the same time in the past and in the future, or in the in mm. the present day in the in the story, and like, it's not actually present day. It's it's well, it's set, present day for like yeah, it's not present day. Yeah, it's like it's, two two thousand and fifteen, two thousand and forty. It's like supposed to be just after the first Godzilla incident, the one that had um, Brian Cranston and. Um, the little the Quicksilver kid and yeah. WandaVision. Aaron, Aaron Johnson and uh, Elizabeth Olsen. Elizabeth Olsen, yeah. Yeah, it's supposed to be just, just after that's happened. So, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm digging. I have to get, catch back up now that you've said it, but I'm also fucking right in the middle of Daredevil season two and it's just getting fucking... I can't watch that show. Can't watch Daredevil. I, yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I have to watch it. Oh, fuck, man. Man, Frank Assel just... He shoots a dude in the face, and I'm like, "Oh, I forgot about this. <laughs> this is this is hardcore." And then Ping, and then I was watching uh, Hawkeye as I always do at Christmas time, and Kingpin turns up. I'm like, "Man, you were in a different show at one point. Like, yep. It wasn't even this close to this glossy." Um, you killed a guy by like slamming his head into a door, like the car door, until it came off, until the guy's head came off, and now you're wearing Hawaiian shirts. Anyway, so yeah, I'm. Thank you for the reminder. I'll get back to Monarch. Legend of fucking whatever the fuck. What is it? It's Monarch Legacy, legacy of Monsters. Monsters. Yeah, that's right. It's a monster legacy. I watched it. I watched the- would, you, would you go so far as to say, though, would you call this a monster mash? I would. There you go. He did the mash. He did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. No, there's no graveyards in... Mon- I mean, a lot of people die, but... Anyway, that was a pivot. <laughs> what? It's fucking this bloody goddamn Goliaths and shit attacking buildings and stuff. Of course, people are dying. It's like when you watch the the last forty minutes of Man of Steel, you're like, yeah, fucking everybody's dead. Ah, <sighs> <laughs> it's a big sight. Like, fuck, I can't believe I'm still on a podcast with this dickhead. No, it's not um, that. It's you know why you reminded me of Henry Cavill. So. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, you remind me of Henry Cavill as uh, Henry Cavill's always in my head, playing free. He all belongs yeah, to him. That's true. I mean, I, I do have his his um, Night Hunter length beard going on at the moment, but I don't have the abs, unfortunately. Um, did you have anything you else that you watched? Um, I watched Castlevania Nocturne. Also, I I want to apologize because I was bringing up Castlevania too much in the Men Mass episode. I didn't want to cut anyone off. He's I was just excited. I'm sorry. No, we neither of us give a shit. <laughs> Leanne, do you give a shit? No, she doesn't. I can feel her vibes coming onto me now and being like, no, he doesn't mind. But yeah, Castlevania Nocturne is the sequel to Castlevania. Takes place three hundred. I figured as much. Yeah. Takes place three hundred years after the last season. Shit. And uh, oh my god, dude, it's it's already greenlit for a second season, which is good. Um, Fabulous. Yeah, I mean, is it is it a surprise Netflix animation never misses? They, they, I mean, they've got to be good at something. I mean, yeah, for sure. But oh my because god, because their interface is for shit. But um, I mean, the, 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 everything from the voice cast to like the drawings, like 
it's 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 insane on the next level. Like like the first episode of Castlevania, and it gets better from there to like the end of the show, right? Dude, this is like a next le- like it's it's so much of a next level. It's almost another genre, and it's 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 so much more scarier. Like this world is so much more scarier than that one. Yeah, and it's like it takes place in the French Revolution times, and it's like the first one. Like Castlevania had had a theme of you know man versus belief and religion. And this one has that, but it's also it's for like one of its main characters is is a slave who ran away, and like like I'm not gonna spoil anything, but it's in it's in the trailers and it's, it's it happens in the first episode, so I'm gonna say it. Um, like the character was a slave, then ran away became a liberator of other slaves and then they had this whole like a club and they well this army and they used to like go and you know save uh save the other slaves and like when the story takes place he, he gets caught becomes a monster and uh when he when he comes back as a monster like they're 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 like they're binded by their masters so they have to obey to them and he's not he's not doing that and it's it's the theme of you know he was freed and he had his freedom and so like he's 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 like the first monster that doesn't obey to like the ma- the masters and he starts liberating the other monsters as well they're like fuck you i'm i am i'm not like i'm not obeying your shitty fucking orders and it's just ah oh, it's so good it's animation it's, it's it looks awesome I, I really enjoyed the first season sorry if i'm a little bit further away from the mic hang on listen to this i'm not sure if on the record you can hear my cat currently who's sitting on my lap purring but that's that's what happened then <laughs> he's he's come to sit down hey paul how you doing buddy um yeah i really enjoyed the first season and then i, I got distracted again by, by something like four other things probably um but I'm so glad you enjoyed the sequel because I know how much you love the OG. Yeah, like this is, I'm not sure how much of involvement Warner's has on this, like he was he was immensely involved in the first one. Yeah, and this one is is uh, I think the head writer of the last show is the director of this show, but each episode he's paired with another director. Yeah, right. And it like it's oh it's it's so good. It's really good. It's got it's got hot people and like cool monsters, <laughs> and, it, and it's got vampires as well. And like, dude, the main vampire this season that's like on the good guys team is is played by is played by Echo is played by the the guy who was in who was Echo's dad, but he was also in uh, uh, Doctor Sleep. Oh yeah, um, I can't remember the actor's name, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah. He plays a he plays a, a Native American gay vampire. Fantastic! It's, it's There's a sentence insane. you don't hear. Often. It's insane. <laughs> you don't often hear those those words in the same sentence. Um, yes, that was outstanding. That was my bullshit. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. There you go. Well, what is what's Reeves watching? I'm gonna tell you this much. Um, I watched Rebel Moon, but we can't really talk about it because. Um, you know, I, you haven't I seen haven't it, seen so. It. Well, give me, well, give well, me a f- spoiler-free opinion review. Um, 
it's doing a lot of stuff. It's doing a lot of things. And I, th- I feel like the, the best review I sort of saw of it was you shouldn't have to wait for the director's cut to enjoy a movie. And I, I feel like that's true. And, and I feel like it's there's some, there's some poor casting going on. But I wasn't bored. You know, it's just it's just big sci-fi pulling from all different places. Um, a lot of sexual threat, which is weird. Um, but yeah, like a lot of, lot of different... I sort of saw it as like Firefly and Star Wars and Dune 1984 kind of all mixed in together. Um, and there's some great, great stuff in there. I mean, Zach's a great visualist. Um, maybe I'll hype that up in my head. Uh, second watching, or maybe when I see the second part, it'll kind of fill in the blanks a bit. Um, the other thing was... What's, sorry, go what's ahead. fucked up is that we don't get the Jack just cut to like June of, or April of next year. Yeah, of course. They're going to tease it out as much as they can. It's like four hours long. Like if, if that's the director's cut, why not just make it... Why not just release that or make it a show? Just make it a series. Yeah, it, it feels like it should be a series. It feels like, you know, Firefly in that way. Um, well, that, that's how I, I perceive it anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, check it out and, and make up your own mind and we can chat about it when you do. Um, I went and saw Batman Returns at the Aster every year, almost on the same day, which is fantastic. Um, and, and fuck, I love it. Like I said last week, it's my favorite Christmas movie. It's my favorite Batman movie. It's my favorite superhero movie. It's just perfect. It's so fucking unhinged and, and, and original and, like I said it when I did my review of, of um, at, when I was still doing the stitch up as a video review, I did an episode on Batman Returns and, and I still believe what I said then stands now. If you give the script of that film to any other director, the result is vastly different. Like it is a Tim Burton film. No, no ifs, ands or buts. You know, they, they said, hey, Tim, because Batman 89 was so successful and so was Edward Scissorhands, which he made in between them. Just do whatever you want. And he fucking did. And Michelle Pfeiffer, fucking forget about it. Like, it's just it's just perfect. Um, I love it so much. Reacher Season 2 has started. Yeah, just want to see a bunch of motherfuckers get punched in the neck. It's the best. Um, and and I, I quite like um, the big fella. What's his name? Alan Richardson. Alan Richardson. Uh, he's, he's, he's interesting on podcast. He's very, very open and, 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 and honest about his experiences in Hollywood. There's a fucking horrible story about when he was working on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles films, um, as Raphael. Um, he's also, uh, really open about his, his, his bipolar disorder and his mental illness and how he deals with it, how his family deals with it. Um, and he's also very open about the fact that after, you know, the sea reaches season one, in order to keep up with the schedule, which was crazy, he started taking testosterone, um, which makes it easier for him to do his job. I mean, he's my age, he's 40. And fuck me, this guy is, it's like he's made out of marble. Like he is just, it's ridiculous the size that he is in this show. I mean, I know he's a really tall dude anyway, but fuck. Just, but at least he's open and honest about it, unlike some other people who get into that kind of shape for movies and then, you know, turn back into their normal form. You're like, how the fuck did that happen so quickly? Well, it's probably because they were on certain things. Yeah. Or, or whomever, in, you know, and make your own life choices, but don't think that we don't know. Testosterone also isn't like a class A drug or anything. It's not illegal in the same way that some steroids are and stuff, but you know, at least he's open about it. But I dig Reacher. I think it's a good show. Um, you know, it's a real, it's a real dad for noon, um, as uh, the We Hate Movies guys put it. And um, lastly, I watched, I rewatched Hawkeye for Christmas. 
Um, I fucking love it. It's it's my favorite thing that like in the containment of the NCU because Daredevils lives outside of that 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 they've done. It's it's the most interesting and 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 I find it really really heartfelt and true and it's quite small like it's not a huge big sort of thing about the end of the world whatever it's just this little small story that's going on and and hawkeye dealing with his family and and we mentioned it when we did our episode on the tvs like the mcu tv series and we ranked our best and i talked about this at length it's really misunderstood i think hawkeye is really misunderstood as a character because people have like ideas about jeremy renner that are probably a little bit off base i think he's an incredibly talented actor i think it's a very measured performance as hawkeye because he's just a dude you know um also you know oh he's just gonna i was having a conversation with somebody the other day and they're like he's got a bow and arrow i'm like yeah that's the point he is that's what he has and yet he is still standing there you know in a team with super assassins and and you know men in technologically advanced suits and super soldiers and hulks and gods and yet he he stands there and, and and holds his own and that story is about the cost of that um you know the fact that he is partially deaf because of all of his adventures his body's breaking down the scene where he has to redo um kate's like she's that they're, they're kind of had the shit kicked out of him by the tracksuit mafia and they they go to the the uh, shop and get some stuff and he's like you know, uh, band-aids and, and iodine and all the stuff that you put on when you've got cuts and bruises. And he's such a pride because he's had to do this fucking forever. And the, the person I was talking about, he goes, yeah, but he's you know supposed to be a superhero. I'm like, no, he's not. He's supposed to be a soldier. He's not even a spy. Like Scarlet Witch is, uh, sorry, Scarlet Witch, um, Black Widow is the spy. Like he was in the military and he became special forces. And then he was sent to assassinate um, Natasha. He's just a military guy. It's the job. It's like he says, I've got to go back out there. He says to Scarlet Witch, I'm going to go out there and shoot these guys with my bow and arrow because that's my job. And and the toll that that takes. It's about the way that we treat, not we, but the way that the American you know, um, uh, social systems and, and all that stuff treat veterans, especially veterans who have been wounded in action. It's a very, very interesting show. I think it's great. I think she is incredible. Um, as Kate Bishop, Haley Seinfeld. Um, you know she's, yeah, she's one of the most talented actresses working today. I just and then when Florence Pugh comes into it as well, they're them together, um, and the threat of Elena uh, or Elena, sorry, um, is so real, and and the threat of Kingpin is so real, and it's it's just so beautifully directed by Burton Birdie, and and I fucking adore it. I, I watch it every year, and if you don't dig it, that's cool, but I think it's head and shoulders above anything else in just in terms of its emotional um, resonance and impact every single time he has that conversation with his with his son um, on the phone and and he can't hear him and Kate's having to write out what the kid's saying every single time that happens I cry and every single time after the fight on the rooftop with Yelena he turns to Kate and says someone has hired a black widow assassin this has gotten very very real very very quickly I feel the threat um, and that's down to Renner and 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 uh, Seinfeld's uh, Seinfeld Steinfeld's um, uh, chemistry that they have. Um, yeah, I love it. Love it every every year. Um, and if you if you want to hear how much we love it, go back to years and years ago when me and Addie tandem like hooked up. We we did kind of hook up a yeah. little bit um, to talk about. Uh, we wrote some reviews on on each episode. That was the the, the sort of beginning of our friendship, which is beautiful. Um, but anyway, enough of all that. Enough of what are we watching? 
Do you do? <laughs> oh no. Oh dear. It's going to be an earlier cracking because um, I'm we're in it's two. We've recorded two today, so I'm going to start going crazy earlier than normal. Do you want to do the nerd news? Just do the nerd news. Okay, here we are with the Filmatics Podcast Nerd News segment. First nerd news for 2024. Um, and so these might be a little bit late to, to you public, but we're talking about it as a, as a kind of is more more current. Uh, Jonathan Majors has been found guilty of harassment and assault, so much so that Marvel Studios has dropped him um, uh, from future plans of having him play Kang. Um which also uh, uh, means that um, Avengers 5 will no longer be called the Kang Dynasty um, after his firing. It's, it's being called something else. They're going to actually be splitting them, um, whereas it was supposed to be Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. They're now splitting Secret Wars in two, so it's going to be three films. Is that, my, is that the understanding? Oh, so Secret Wars was first and Kang Dynasty was second, but I don't know. I think Kang was supposed to be first, but it's something else now. So uh, here's my pitch. Avenger Kang Dynasty goes away, becomes Avengers Five colon uh, the New Age, and it's it's our uh, young Avengers, right? Yeah, well, I mean that's kind of where they're headed anyway. Just to talk about the Jonathan Majors of it really quickly, it's, you know, it's legally that's what's happened. Um, it's a shame because he is a talented actor, but it's also a shame that he was had you know showed violence towards multiple women. Um, so it's probably a good thing that he's gone. Why don't they just fucking recast? We talked about it before. It's the most... Okay, so it is the most easiest uh, role to recast as. And, uh, like, the Kang threat kind of goes away in uh, Quantumania itself, actually. Like, it's it's a very self-contained thing. The thing with Kang was, I don't think they got the story right to, like, even make him interesting enough. Like... Mm. The, the, he didn't didn't have the, the threat level of a Thanos that you kind of felt on high as the true. movies were progressing. You felt that happen. Kang, I felt nothing about. Yeah, like I think most of it was that he was like he was so upfront, and we we got to see a version of him right in uh, in Loki season one. And yeah, I feel like most of most of us going in for Quantum Mania kind of expected uh, a he or remains kind of thing. And it's mm. just like the like the variance of it all just varying so much, and you know, most of them being evil, and this one kind of being good, and then like in season two you find things out, and it's like, it was it's it's fun to have that kind of character. I just don't think that that character has the weight of you know, demanding an Avengers film. Yep. Yeah. Although, it is it weird that. Ant-Man was the one to fight him? Yes. Does it work? Kind of. I mean, for the idea of him being stuck in the quantum realm is interesting, and it also explains why we haven't seen him before. Um, you know, that, that, that part of that movie was kind of successful. But I, I just feel like, you, I mean, remember Next Time, baby? And, 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 and Terrence Howard, there was no Next Time, baby. There was Next Time Don Cheadle. Like, oh, you know, and no shit. one fucking said boo about it. You know what I mean? Like... You could there's a there's a hundred, you know, African American actors that you could cast 
um, in that in that role and just change it up. And you don't even need to explain it. It's not like in the Matrix where the woman who was playing the Oracle died and they brought in another old black lady. You don't even need to do like, and then she explains, she's like, oh, sorry, something happened. I paid a price and this was the price to now be, you know, whatever in this new body. You don't even need to do that. Just have a different actor come in and play him. John Boyega was a, was one that was put out there. I thought that was a pretty cool yeah, idea. Yeah, but he didn't want um, to do it, which, oh, fair enough. Disney fucked him over a lot, so. Yeah, that's true. John David Washington might be good, you know. Um, he's kind of vacant in places. But, I mean, it's a shame, again, because Jonathan Majors was, is great. But, um, you know, but they're, they're also thinking, you know, Marvel's, uh, yeah, the, the Secret Wars will be cut into two movies with its current story, with its current story plotted to be over five hours. They're talking about Doom coming into that as well, which would probably set up stuff for the the, the What do you think about that? Fantastic Four. I think they should leave it alone until they get to Fantastic Four. Um, they're also talking about bringing the Beyonder in, who is the, the, the antagonist in Secret Wars, the books, and that that will explain either the Kang change of cast or that if it's fucking he's not existent at all um you know but you don't really need to do that um and you know they're, they're talking about doing the young avengers project as a movie as opposed to a, a disney plus series which is probably a good move too that's gonna have to have something to do with it as well like there's so many threads i don't know what the fuck yeah dude i reckon that's like that's like the the nightwing issue or like the dark crisis one where where all the like the bigger names are just disappeared and it's it's just these people and they have to band together and then like save people like that's the way yeah. you do, that's the way you should do it and and it'll work because it always works yeah yeah i completely agree and having said that as well um all of this is leading to uh uh you know what will be the the mcu x-men project um whatever that form that takes with mr sinister being the top villain um, that they're going to be using and this will all lead to an avengers style takeover of the universe the avengers will have little presence in the next mcu saga after um the multiverse saga as the mutants going to be set to be the primary focus however that will explore the possibility of an avengers versus x-men style movie somewhere down the line like in 15 years if we're still here (laughs) <laughs> the world or me and you <laughs> i mean me and you for sure the world for sure but also if you're still interested in, in that and like the mutant saga works because i know i know for a fact that you're gonna watch that film even though you're not like caught up with all the mcu shit because it's, it's mutant i'm gonna have to at some point though aren't i because i'm gonna get f- confused aren't i gonna have to watch all of them to catch up and i don't i don't believe so because i haven't watched anything since Ant-Man, the last Ant-Man movie. I've missed Marvels, well, I've missed watched, whatever, whatever TV has come out. You watched the Guardians film, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. See, so much so I forgot about it, you know. Um, Moon Knight. Uh, yeah, you know, it's 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 all a little bit much. And, you know, thinking about... Um, uh, what was the story that you sent me the other day? It wasn't the other day. Hang on. Was it the DC thing? What's the DC thing? What did I miss? With the, the um, Professor Pig thing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so this this oversaturation of stuff in the one movie. Um, yeah, so Daniel IPK says that Professor Pig, Scarecrow, Clayface, Hush, and Dick Grayson will all be a part of the Batman Part 2. James Gunn has since come out and debunked that. Um, I don't know what fucking skin he has in the game. He's got nothing to do with that universe. But it, it just feels like 
they're, they're, they want to throw all their toys in, in, you know, the, on the floor instead of, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, okay, I want to play with this one and this one, and then we'll see what happens. And then maybe bring another one in and all that. It's like, they've, they've, they've kind of fallen in love with their own myth um, of, you know, everything all at once. Just, you need to stop, take a breath and figure out what the X-Men are supposed to be. Cause they're really important. Ain't that the fucking truth? <laughs> In like next year, Deadpool three is the only MCU film coming out. Although they do have like shows and projects, yeah. Uh, but it's it's, it's well, it's that's supposed minimal. to do some sort of setting up, you know. Um, and there's rumors of like that sort of having something to do with the next Spider Man film and the Daredevil series, and that that will lead into a street level kind of Avengers style event where Midnight Suns, you know, uh, uh, well, Midnight Suns, but also um. That uh, Daredevil, you know, uh, uh, um, Matt Murdock's character will snap the way that he did in the comics and you will get a Devil's Reign storyline, which is where he cordoned off Hell's Kitchen and became a warlord, um, which is incredibly interesting. Uh, you know, so maybe there's that going on as well. Like, just there's there's some good ideas going there, but it's kind of all... There's a bunch of fairy floss around. Yeah, at the it's same just time. at the moment, it, most of it seems half baked. Although I'm, I'm sure that they do have a plan in mind, right? It's just that we, we, we can't see it. Like we can't see it. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know what, what when they like Avengers: Infinity War and Endgame. I was like, I can't imagine what either of those movies yeah. are going to be. You and know? like that's the fun of it, right? I feel like people forget that these these movies are supposed to be fun and not all dramatic. Yeah, but also people forget that they're. I think the people who are running them forget that it's more than a business. True, true. It needs to be more than a business because if it isn't, then then what are we doing? It's a fucking like should be art for art's sake. Otherwise, it's a fucking futile endeavor. You're just going to get stuff that ends up looking like, you know, when you go to the supermarket and you're going through the checkout and there's that thing there, the the impulse buy section where it's just candy and fucking gum and all this shit that you don't need. It's going to turn into that. You know, what we need is fruit and veg, everybody. And that's, you know, the beginnings of all this stuff. Yeah. Well, he's hoping the mutants are done right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I can't wait to find out. But anyway, you know what you know about mutants? You know what, you know what they, they don't do? Is they don't celebrate Christmas. That's not true. They probably celebrate Christmas a lot. But that's me trying to somehow squeeze into the conversation we're talking about Klaus, um, which is which is just peak for me. Um, I love it so, so much. And uh, there's, there's a bunch of reasons why, and we'll get into them all. But yeah, so Klaus from uh, uh, 2019 um, put out on the Disney Plus, um, starring Jason Schwartzman as it's uh, a Netflix Jasper. Film. What did I say? Disney Plus. Did I say Disney Plus? You just well, said I'll go. <laughs> yeah, no, we didn't do that one. It's um, it's actually shit. No, it's not your shit. All right, just Disney Plus. You can get fucked. Yeah, all right, I will then. Get yeah, good. Anyway, <laughs> Jason Schwartzman plays Jasper. J.K. Simmons plays the titular Klaus. Um, Rashida Jones um, is Alva. Uh, fantastic performance there. You've got you know a bunch of other ones. Joan Cusack fantastically. Um, R.I.P. Norm Macdonald. Um, and directed by, uh, um, I just want to, want to fuck up their names, um, Sergio Pablos and uh, Carlos Martinez Lopez, um, the directors of this picture. Um, and uh, it was written by them also um, with screenplay help from Jim Mahoney and Zach Lewis. Uh, 
as is usually the way that I go about it. Uh, well, just quickly, if you haven't seen it, um, it, it it's about in the old timey times. Um, uh, there's a town called Smearsburg um, that's a very sort of destitute and and you know fraught with danger kind of fishing town where none of the denizens get along it's like two sides kind of thing it's like the sneeches you know um and a new postman named jasper uh, goes there and befriends a toy maker named klaus to send children you know if they send in um a letter to him they will get a toy and that slowly but surely turns into christmas and the the character of klaus slowly but surely turns into what we understand as santa um addy yeah Tell me, tell me, tell me about your history with this picture and, and your feelings about it. Well, I watched it in twenty nineteen. It was on the watch in twenty twenty, and I I got the just like I I got the like I it got me and I cried. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it's I don't know this like sure the like a lot of debates in there all that but. This is this is my favorite Christmas movie of all time. Wow, I bet Netflix is happy to hear that. Remember that time I tried to do a Netflix voice and it came out and I said it was like someone with a pogo stick or whatever up their bum, and then you oh, said it was God. Charles Xavier with the dildo chair. Yeah, let's not get into that that ground again. I'd forgotten about that. That's one of the best. So your favorite Christmas movie—that's a pretty high fucking bar. Is it though? Because there's some there's some good Christmas yeah man there's some good Christmas movies. Well, Die Hard is a Christmas movie, so. Oh, you're fucking one of them. Oh, it's gross. not. It's it's an action film that takes place during Christmas. It's not a Christmas film. What? Okay, that, we're gonna have to have the argument now, everybody. You're about to hear a lover's tiff. What? What about it? Like, what constitutes a Christmas movie then? A, a Christmas tree. There's half a dozen Christmas trees in that movie. There's there's not a single one. There is. There's a huge one when they come in the door. There's a bunch in uh, the offices. I watched it three times over December. There, there's heaps. The, the argument I always hear is that there's not, there's nothing supernatural about it. There's no Santa. There's no elves. Like all that kind of stuff. But I mean, that could be said of fucking Batman Returns and Kiss Kiss Bang What's Bang. What's the supernatural? Fucking La La Land. <laughs> is La La Land a Christmas movie? Yeah. But it, it doesn't take place. At Christmas, there's a Christmas segment yeah, in it. True. It takes place over a longer period but of time. If you go by my rule, there has to be a Christmas tree, right? In in that sense. Um Well, if that's true, then this movie doesn't have a Christmas tree. They do. They do because it's Christmas when oh, they it's deliver the, the Yeah, presents. that's right. Yeah, it is Christmas already. They they understand what Christmas is, but not in the in the way that we do with the Santas. Yeah, and the nice guys is a Christmas film too. A po- yeah, well, I mean, because technically, at the, at the it takes end, place at the end when they're at the bar. It's a, there's a Christmas tree. Yeah, so you, you, your argument falls apart as far as Die Hard's <laughs> concerned. Are you contrarian fuck. Not, my, <laughs> wow. <laughs> 2024 is getting heavy on the Filmatics podcast. Um, right. So, okay. The, 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 fuck. The, uh, diehard argument was a joke, obviously. Good. <laughs> because we're about to break up. I, I couldn't give a fuck, actually. I don't, I don't agree with the argument that it's not one, but I, I don't have any, I'm not going to die on that hill. What, what classifies a Christmas movie is how it makes you feel, Right. That's all. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 a perfect way to put it. So, so yeah. T- to continue that thread, Klaus, it's your favorite Christmas movie of all time. 
what what and you said the first time you watched it you were kind of like oh that was fun and then the second time you watched it it hit all those emotional beats for you it did well it's 2019 i was like i was a kid i'm just a kid but like i was a younger kid mm. yeah you were 11 i wasn't i wasn't 11. no were you 16 yeah yeah exactly yeah so i should tell people your age where do you live as well Eddie? what's your phone number we've said we've said that before i'm sure we have yeah um i feel like it's it's kind of it's one of those christmas movies i like in the sense that it doesn't it's not playing on really apart from the santa claus story which has been retold dozens of times like there's different versions of it all throughout history and all throughout movies and there's always variations of it and how he is magical and is he magical or is he not and all that um and and i I like all the variations and i was watching it with with my fiance emily and she was like i like the origin story version like this version is really interesting um because it is it is born in tragedy yeah um you know the character of klaus is a widower um, and he want, desperately was in love, you know, with his wife, and 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 they had a beautiful life together, and they desperately wanted children, and it didn't happen. And they don't they don't explain it, you know, they don't go, oh, she had this whatever it was, and thing. It's just like it never happened for us. And then she got sick, and he continued to make these toys until she got sick. So he has this huge stockpile of toys that he's made. You know, he's a woodworker, and after she passed away, he st- he stopped making them, and he started making um, bird bird uh because she loved she loved the birds and he thinks that sometimes he sees her and hears her voice on the wind but and then sort of the 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 roundabout way that it happens is that he kind of meets uh uh, sorry the character of jasper meets klaus and he's been sent uh to this place to make the post office a successful business like a going concern and in order to do that he has to get letters to come in and out and it costs a penny and when he lands on this idea of kids writing in to get a present, um, it kind of takes off. And Klaus is quite monosyllabic for most of it until their friendship kind of, you know, becomes what it ultimately becomes, which is, which is you know, a friendship for a lifetime and beyond. Um, it, like that to me is the thing that get, like, I like, I like a silly Christmas movie as well. Like, um, Home Alone. Uh, j- j- what, sorry? Home Alone. Christmas, uh, silly Christmas. I don't. I don't like. I, I really like Home Alone. I, I, Same. I, I find. I just said it. McCulkin incredibly. I, little fucking obnoxious preteens. No, thank you. Um, but but something like um, Die Hard's a good example. Um, you know something that kind of. I mean, there is some pretty powerful emotional beats in that. But like The Grinch, you know, with with Jim Carrey is just fucking big fun and silly. But I do love an emotional core. Um, is that what it is for you? Like, is that why you dig it so much? Yeah, it's it's my favorite iteration of what uh, or version of Santa story. And it's 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 nothing. It's just at the end of it, he says, "Every all I know is every year I get to see my friend." Oh fuck! We'll get to that. That's, <laughs> I'm that's sorry. A, a I, I, I jumped so hard. Um, yeah, you did. But but it's no no. That's no, fine because it's that really is you know the the whole thing. Um, you know, and and it's. Looking at Jasper Carey, he's played so well by Jason Schwartzman because he's so slimy but yeah. still really lovable. Um, you know, especially in his relationship with with the school teacher who's, you know, currently a fishmonger, Alva. Um, and, uh, you know, she's got this school that doesn't run because the two, the warring factions here of, um, you know, the two different uh, uh, families. Um, so you've got um, the Crumbs and the Eagleborns or Eaglebows. 
and it's two sides of this this kind of uh, uh, society, and they've been at war. It's like the fucking you know what's that that uh, the old the, the famous um, uh, Western group like the McCoys and the, the Hatchets or whatever the fuck it was called. And so they just hate each other because they've hated each other forever. Yeah. and they don't know any different. And then as each of these kids, you know. Once, once the post office comes up and Jasper starts getting these things in and, and the mythos around Santa starts coming out. Like if you write him a letter, he'll send you a toy. If you're a good girl, he's got a good list. He's got a bad list. If you don't, you get a piece of coal. Like all this stuff starts to happen. And as the kids start playing with these toys, they start interacting with each other, much to the chagrin of the parents because it's like you can't be friends with him. You can't be friends with her. Told so beautifully in, in the two kind of mute uh, 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 um, son and daughter of either side of this conflict who end up falling in love um, which is just mine it, it's just so beautiful because he saves her yeah and then the next shot is her like holding him like a baby <laughs> mine and it's oh, just oh my fucking cry it's just it's that fucking cute it is it's so so sweet and without being you know, overly sentimental or overly saccharine. It's just these are these are relationships that are born out of misunderstanding. You know, for for everybody, and and all you need is a little bit of kindness in the middle there, and and it'll take take hold of everybody. When they go, it's it's the um uh, you know, if the kids writing the letter to Santa, and she says instead of throwing the berries at Mrs. Whatever her name's house, we pick them for her. And then she made jam for my mum. And the woman comes over and goes, hmm, and sort of dumps the jam and then fucks off. And my mum made her a pie. Hmm. It's like kindness as a revenge. It was just, it's so silly. And, and I feel like <laughs> some of the some of the needle drops are really peculiar. Like it's hip hop music, which is really, really weird. But then, you know, this beautiful, like traditional kind of quirky score comes in, um, which I really adore. And, and. The, the thing that kind of gets me most about this, because so many movies at this time of year are animated or CG animated or whatever, the classical European animated style of this, it's really slick, but it is classical. It's hand-drawn. It's cell by cell. Um, and the backgrounds are so beautifully rendered and it's it looks older than it is. It, it, looks, it looks like a century-old storybook that, still, that can still give you a feel. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. It does. It, storybooks a perfect way to put it. Yeah, it's got that kind of, that kind of off coloring where it's it's a little bit more, especially when he first arrives in the town. Oh, yeah. Um, in Smearsburg or Smearsburg, whatever the hell the hell it is. I think it's supposed to be somewhere in Europe. Um, <laughs> whatever they've all got no, American no, accents, no, but, but yeah, it's supposed to be yeah cold areas, yeah. Switzerland and, and and Norway and that kind of thing. Because the, 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 I think the idea of Santa was Norse, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's why in the Wild Night he's a he's a Viking. He's a Viking. Yeah. To rewatch that too. Fucking. There's a bit in that movie where <laughs> I think did I send you the video? Yeah. Yeah, where I filmed the TV where he has. I've never seen someone so convincingly eat a really good cookie before than David Arbor, and he was like. Mmm, mm, oh, good cook, homemade. Like he's just—he's fantastic. I love that film. Well, um, he's sitting on the massage chair, just passed out on milk. It's <laughs> high as shit, and he gets the brandy. There. Yeah, we're, we're not talking about Violet Oak. We'll do that next year. But um, while we're, while we're on the Santa of it, uh, yeah, and the animation style is like 
Santa's huge. Like he's an enormous hulking figure with massive hands, but he's so gentle and delicate. Um, and he's just he's just heartbroken, and he finds that joy with these kids. And it be, and it's like Jason Schwartzman and J.K. Simmons have great chemistry because their their vocal ranges are so fucking different. It is. It's it's insane. Also, J.K. Simmons is a veteran voice actor. I don't know if you know this. No. He he's he's done shows and movies. Um, yeah. He's in uh, the Legend of Korra as Tenzin, who was who is the kid of um, the first Avatar: The Last Airbender, which is a prequel. Well, The Legend of Korra is a sequel to Avatar: The Last Airbender, and in that right. in like. I would have the last airbender is about this last airbender. And like by the like in the sequel you found out that he had a family and he made more airbenders. And then Tenzin, who's who's this kid who's played amazingly by J.K. Simmons, throughout like all four seasons, has this like weight on him that his dad was this huge hulking figure. And like his weight is that he has to like reestablish and like repopulate the air nation because it was a genocide and people were people were eradicated and wow yeah it gets really dark but and like then like earth like there's there's a balance kind of thing and you know they like uh, the air nomads like naturally start coming up people get their people get like randomly get bending and most of them are air uh, air bendings because those were the people that were killed and there's this beautiful scene where where he's talking to the current avatar and he's just saying that my my dad would be so proud of you who who has made his lifelong dream that he couldn't see come true like to him his son was the only other airbender he could have ever made but mm. his son is this legacy of of this avatar who was able to repopulate and also like bring back this this culture and this people who were who were killed and lost and it like he he can like he can be funny he can be like insanely angry and he can hit you in the fields when he wants to man like he he like that's the kind of guy I don't mind him getting roles in like animated movies if mm. like that's that's why I have a problem with Chris Pratt getting like all the fucking voice acting roles because they're people who do it way fucking better and have been doing it for years yeah yeah who were kind of schooled in the particulars of, of voice acting yeah but yeah and like jason Schwartzman was good though like i mean he was he was just the spot yeah which is one of the which is one of the best vocal performances either that the only person who is better than him in that film is um uh, uh, the young whoever the young actor is who plays miles, miles. yeah yeah um yeah, now J.K. is amazing. I've, I've been a huge fan of his for, for a really long time. He was in a great film with Ben Affleck a few years ago called The Accountant, mm-hmm. um, which I really loved. Really, you know, still measured performance there. It's pretty good Jim Gordon. Um, but whatever. The only, whatever the, the, only, fuck ever. the only good Jim Gordon. Have him voice yeah. all Jim Gordon parts, please. Well, I, he wasn't the only good Jim Gordon. I would say that both the animated Jim Gordon voice actor and also Gary Oldman are pretty great. Um, oh my god! Did I have to tell you this? You can probably cut this part out, but I watched this. Uh, I never do. You always say that, and then I just leave. Yeah, it I, I hear it. I'm like, motherfucker, didn't cut it out. Whatever. 
I watched this. I watched this uh, movie called The Super Sons, which is about Damien Wayne and John. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, I saw it on your letterbox. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, I know the guy who was Superman. He he's he's played Thor for ten years in in cartoon form, and his his real life wife Laura Bailey voices Lois Lane with him. Um, That's cool. And you know his his like Travis Willingham is the guy who did the voice. His favorite superhero of all time is Superman. And, you know, he became a father not too long ago. And he had that struggle of, you know, you know, how do, how do I keep working and also, you know, save save time for my son? And mm. he, he get, not only does he get to play Superman, he gets to play the best version of Superman who has a kid. It was amazing. Yeah, I, all right. I'm, I've, I've been sort of uh, uh, dancing around that one um, for a long time and... and- I think yeah, yeah. I might, might have to might have to dip in. I brought it up because in the, in that film there there's a there's a little reference where there's a huge penny, uh, and like Jonathan asks, "What's the penny for?" and Damien just looks at him, and it's 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 for Alfred because Alfred isn't like he's not there anymore in in that universe. Sure. And yeah. it's just in in this like fucking uh, bat cave. There's this huge penny, and it's, it was just really fucking like it's like ah. I can I I get that. Also, probably fifty percent of the people watching that won't. Well, I I feel like if they're fans of the Batman mythos, like the Batman lore, in the comics for years, in in the um, Batcave, there was a giant penny and a stuffed T Rex. Um, they have a stuffed T Rex, and then all the different yeah, the, all the different cases with all the different costumes in it. Like that's that's canon. Um, I don't I didn't know it had anything to do. With, I think it. In the comics, it was from an adventure that he had fighting Two Face, but I, I can't remember exactly where that came from. But it was—it's canonical, absolutely. We're talking about—we're talking about Klaus, yeah. Um, and I think just to just to you know talk about it a, a, like a bit more broadly um, in terms of its themes and things like that. You know, this young sort of lazy guy who was a postman because it's easy or whatever gets sent to this town because he's a fucking you know not doing his job properly he's like yeah go and go and see what life's really like see how hard life really can be and at first he tries to take advantage of this you know these these people and 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 does get kind of in trouble for that a little bit later down the line but i think at the point where the young um well i don't really know what you would call her um they're the the um the girl who doesn't speak uh, english yeah the uh, i think a sammy's anyway you talk i'll look it up Never. yeah sure um so just looking here as well the studio used cg lighting technologies with hand-drawn animation yep. to create the unique animation style that's pretty cool um but that's probably fairly you know normal Oh, the film was um, shopped around to various studios who perceived it as too risky until Netflix picked it up. Well, I believe it November. also did went to Disney, but they officially declared, like, they don't talk about that. Yeah, of course not, because they fucked up. Um, yeah, it was uh, originally planned for the Sami, so S-A-M-I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, yeah. people to speak English, but it was later changed and they spoke their native language in the movie. They kind of are a precursor or a pregenitor of, of elves. Um, and so are the reindeer. Like the reason that the, these these are the cool things that kind of yeah, happen out it's, of like, it's so cool. just like, necessity. Yeah, yeah, when they like show so the kids how it think came that, up. 
yeah so where, where all these ideas kind of came from is like okay so he gets the, the letters and you write a letter to santa and you know there was a little kid who was a shit heap so he put coal in his you know sock instead of you know that just happened to be a sock that was hanging on the mantelpiece that wasn't you know specifically for christmas and the guy was like hey i got i got coal and what's that about you know what's what santa give me that or why did klaus give me that and he's like well he's got a naughty and a nice list and you better not be on the naughty list you got to do good things so all of a sudden all these kids start you know at first because they want presents and then because it's the right thing to do start doing good deeds for everybody and you know like shoveling people's driveways or whatever but as more and more kids get involved in this gambit there becomes more and more you know uh, toys that need to be built or um, sorry more and more toys that need to be given out given out and the the sleigh gets too heavy and so they have one reindeer then they have another reindeer then they get all the reindeer and the my my the peak of all of this is the fantastic shot where, you know, towards the end of the picture where um, uh, Jasper and Klaus are being chased by the, the sort of heads of the two warring families um, and they go off the sort of edge of this cliff and go up into the air and a little boy wakes up and looks out the window and sees these flying fucking reindeer, which is actually mid-jump, and that's kind of where that comes from. And in any other movie, like... Um, you know, like in, in, in Star Wars, the, 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 the solo, the Han Solo movie, which is called Solo. And it's like when he's, when he's registering to, to go on a spaceship or some fucking shit, I can't remember what it was. And he's like, oh, what's your name? And he's like, blah, blah, blah. Or I don't have a last name. Or I can't remember the, what, the, what the idea of it was, but he's like, oh, call you Solo. Like, I didn't need to know where his name came from. I don't need to know where Indiana Jones's leather jacket comes from. But this specifically this because it tells that origin story is really interesting to find out and and how it became christmas as well it wasn't just about it was an all the time thing and then it became specifically about that period of time because that's when he comes back you know yeah it's hard we'll we'll get into it shortly about about the end of this film which is absolutely devastating and beautiful at the same time it's in equal share um i think probably that the part that uh, I'll just say as well um, before I get to, to get to this particular bit. Rashida Jones is just she's amazing, a fucking queen. She's so great, and and it's such a important role because without it, you don't give a shit about Jasper as much because he doesn't soften at all if it's not for her. It's not the kids who do it. Um, it's really the, his relationship with her and his relationship with with Klaus. Um, and she's so great, you know, chopping up that fish and like getting shitty at the kids. Like if I teach you how to fucking write your name, will you leave me alone? And when she does, and the kid writes a name and, and she's like, wow, that's it. That's my name. She goes, yeah, great, whatever. And then the kid's like, I want to learn how to write my name. And then all of a sudden she realizes that how magical that must be and how much she's taking it for granted that she knows she understands language and can write you know it's such an important way that we communicate it's how we communicated before we had speech is is through pictorial form and through symbols and things like that uh and that that look on her face and then it cuts to inside the fish the big bass where she's got her money stash and she starts building that school up and buying supplies like everybody is is brought up by the magic that's going on in this film yeah and then she pulls Jasper aside and says, says, you don't actually realize what you've done, do you? Yeah. I think that's... And, and he did, because he was doing it for purely, like, 
hedonistic yeah. purposes. Not an altruistic bone in his body at the beginning. Yeah, I think that's the point where, he, like, he starts to realize like what, what he's done and like what he can be. Because like, there's there's no there's no part of me that believes that like how we start with Jesper, he would be willing to you know. Um, encourage Klaus to make more toys. Yes, part of it is that he wants to go back to like his luxurious life and all that. But he also kind of likes hanging out with the old guy. Yeah, yeah. And the story that he's like, come on, you'll just make more toys. Whatever he goes, I don't do that anymore. And when he explains why, you know, that's... But then, you know, Jasper also understands this is the cure for that. This is the tonic for that that hurt, that heartache, that hurt. And the beautiful example of that is as the movie, you know, moves on and people get older and, you know, Klaus is still doing it, but he's becoming an old man. And you see the, the, um, the tree that he made, like it's a, it's a, it's sort of like the stump of a tree where he's carved. You see it in the original flashback where he's talking about his wife and he's carved all these little windows. And at the top is him and his wife. And in the windows were supposed to be children. It was like, we wanted to have a lot of children, but it never got filled um, for whatever reason. Uh, and, at the end, when you see this and you see the the workshop and you see um, you know the Sammy people working for him and or working with him rather, um, and Jasper you know still deli- helping him do the deliveries and all that, and you see that that tree again and that, that it's filled with little dolls of children, you know all the children who have he's been able to help. And Jasper and Alva are there with like in in that like uh, the the thing that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Well, Jasper and Alba get together and have some children of their own and, and he stays on and is the postman there. Santa is, in the origin stories of Santa, it's always like, like Tim Allen gets fat or whatever the hell happens in that movie or, you know, the, or, or all of a sudden it's Kurt Russell just is Santa Claus, you know, and it just happens, whatever. Or um, even Fred Claus is another one I watched recently where he was just a good kid who gave his presents away and was sainted and if you're a saint, you also become immortal and then live. You know what I mean? It's all that stuff. But it never the reason for him, the generosity and for the, the of spirit and the love of doing what he does and that it's the, to the benefit of children is never addressed. It's always just oh, just because. But in this, it's because he had a hole in his heart and, and, and he filled it with with uh, charity and with kindness as opposed to trying to you know take inwards he put outwards to fill inwards there is no better thing to take away from the christmas period that giving is is the juice man like that's 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 where the love is you know, i barely even think about getting presents um i love giving them because that makes me feel better than getting them and that's i'm not a saint or anything i'm certainly not immortal that's for damn skibby um but yeah, I, I get so much more from that. And and that happens as you get older too. When you're a kid, you, you know, you like getting presents and stuff. But now when you see, when you give someone that perfect gift or something you thought really hard about and they're like, wow, I wasn't expecting this. That's that's where the joy of this movie lives for me in, in, in its charity and in its, in its, its humanity, you know. This movie could not be made by artificial intelligence. It would not. Motherfuckers. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. You can see it in, in Klaus's eyes and... Like the first gift they give to like uh the boy where like he like opens up the fucking gate and like both of them go in and like he's holding Jasper with his hand to keep him quiet and you see you see him see the kid 
open the present and they kind of play with the with the string and he pulls it and the frog jumps and you see him yeah. laugh and joy and, and it cuts to clouds and he's just he's just wide-eyed and he's 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 found the release of of pain and he's found a way to to make himself feel better but also do better for other people yes yeah. like yeah it's it's that that the particular of that frog is really great too because it begins the the sort of the mending of the relationships between the two warring families because yeah. it hops over the fence into someone else's yard but yeah i mean it is the answer is it's 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 only ever about love you know and and that's that's such a great because you you forget about that when it comes to santa you just think like he's kind of this arbitrary thing at christmas time but the idea around it is is about generosity um and I also love that that when you see the the gifts being delivered, the explanation for Santa's supernatural <laughs> abilities is that he's got this skinny fucking dude with him who can jump down <laughs> chimneys and like the it's a fantastic like I mean it's not a, it's not a like a still because it's a moving image but um it's just a shot of the street and they're going to each house, but it jump cuts yeah. and he's like falling down this, getting chased by chickens. And then the chickens are here and then he's falling and comes out of that chimney. Just you, he's going to all this effort and he's got to hit that certain mark, you know, like 5,000 letters or whatever it is. And eventually that just becomes a nothing. Yeah. It just becomes like the job is the job. And it's, it's about like servicing Klaus as opposed to servicing himself. Cause so he, again learns the exact same lesson that Klaus learns but in in a different way like I, I agree that like all of it comes from love like they teach like like the, the the gift then teaches them how to how to just like love like the like the other kid um goes to the fucking attic and cleans up his dad's old clarinet and he, and he yeah. puts him outside and is like there's this fucking band that just keeps banging the the dishes that the play and he comes out just jamming on with the clarinet and he's happy. And it's like like those kind of, you don't you don't get those kind of things in like Christmas movies, right? No, no. It's never so so um broad. Like it's always really specific. Like this is the experience of a single person, or this is the experience of of uh you know, these characters who we're following. But this is a community, but and it's also it's it stands in, it's a it's a um you know, proxy for the world, the way that, that we all feel when we give, you know, to each other and, 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 and do kindnesses. And it should be a year-round thing. It just happens that Christmas is when we all do it kind of arbitrarily. Just before, you know, we, we, we sort of finish up, we're going to have to talk about the ending. This is one of the best and most beautiful endings of any film. Um, I cry every time and I'm, I'm man enough to admit it. Or person enough to admit it, whatever. Um, at the beginning of the film, when uh, uh, Jasper comes to Klaus and, and sort of explains, you know, the situation and 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 how he wants his help, um, you know, to make these toys and and, and to give them to kill or to use these toys to give them to children, whatever. Klaus is like, "Fuck no! I'm busy chopping wood and building these." birdhouses and then he sees the swirl of the leaves and the snow and the kind of magical kind of portal thing behind him and klaus looks at it and he recognizes that as as his wife that he lost and jasper turns around and all of a sudden it disappears and he's like okay well that's clearly a sign 
the the final act of this film finishes and then you've got your your, your epilogue where they have grown older. It's a, it's a fantastic joke about he turns up to, to Klaus's door with a mustache and he's like, what's that? What's that on your lip? But they do get older and, yeah. and, 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 and you know, time passes on and Klaus becomes older, feeble and, yeah, is, is, is unable to... It's not as easy. And there's a scene where he's outside chopping wood and the wind blows and you hear some sound some diegetic sound and some score and he just looks up and says i'm coming love and he walks off into the forest and then jasper talks about how he looked everywhere for him um and he couldn't find him he he, he looks in the forest he asks people um and then there's the beautiful moment where he tucks his kids in bed it's christmas night he says good night to them and he says good night and then he goes and sits in his living room and he's like, I don't know how it happens. I've given up trying to explain it. I just know that, oh man, I'm getting, I'm getting teared up as well. I just know that um, uh, once a year, I get to see my friend again. And and the smile when he hears the sleigh bells, like just fucking forget about it. Like to turn that story into something that emotionally powerful, it's just the best. I can't, can't, can't beat it. Yeah. And some works the first time I've cried. It's, yeah, I mean, I just can't. Because I, relationship, like friendships are funny in that way in that you kind of, you don't really recognise them for what they are while you're in them. Or well, most people don't. People have mates, you know, and you've got your pals and your buddies, but you wouldn't always go to bat to them. You know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't always go for bat for them. You wouldn't always sacrifice for them. But when push comes to shove, you know who the real ones are. And, and, and the idea for me, in a, in, a, in a personal way, I had a friend uh, named Terry who was a mentor of mine. Um, he was a prosthetic artist in, in the movies. And this is a guy I knew because he lived in my town and we, we had a lot of personal time together. He passed away very suddenly and, and, and um, well, he got sick and very quickly and then passed away suddenly. And I didn't hear about it until after he passed on the idea of being able to see him again for once a year is would be amazing because i miss him terribly and i didn't know how much i was going to miss him until after i couldn't see him anymore um so i guess the 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 point of the whole thing is is just you know tell the people you love tell the people who you love that you love them and 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 don't wait um you know because you never know the minute you just gotta be kind and, and 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 show love and compassion and um and kindness wherever you can whether it's christmas or not and 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 cherish your friendships the 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 true ones cherish the cherish the friendships that that fill your cup that nourish your soul um otherwise what the fuck are we doing here you know that's klaus that's klaus everyone it's uh, so good watch it watch it right now yeah it's, <laughs> don't wait it's a, it's a christmas movie that works without christmas it's it, it, you're absolutely right and there's there's very few of those so let's let's see if we've got any Klaus-based questions. Go ahead, stick you in. Here we are, Klaus questions. There's five. These questions five. Let's start with um. Let's start with one. Question one: What cliches do you love in a Christmas movie, and what can you go without? That's a really fucking good question. Have you ever wrote that in? Um, I do. I love the milk and cookies idea um, and the carrot for the reindeer. Um, 
my my friend uh, Wes, who has a young daughter, um, said something the other day. It was really funny. Like he had a bite of the cookie and a drink of the milk or whatever, but he didn't want the carrot part of it, but he had to make it look like it was eaten. So he, he broke it off and then used a grater to kind of make it look like it had been chewed by the reindeer. And then, and then um, my sister-in-law was there and she was like, why did you do that? He goes, because I still need to use the carrot tomorrow for her lunches. I was like, that's fucking brilliant. <laughs> he didn't want to ruin an entire carrot because it was the kid's lunch. Fantastic. Um, but yeah, I love the milk and cookies. Um, love all that stuff. I, you, you do, let me think about the one I don't mind and you tell me the one you do like. I have a feeling I'll say mine and then you'll agree. Okay. So um, I, like, I like the saturation of it. Like the saturation of like the like all the colors like from the technical perspective, but also like just how jolly everyone is. Because most mm-hmm. times it's it's not that in real life. So it's no. And um, the one thing that I can go without is happy endings. Yeah, sure. Because not even not everybody's happy on Christmas. Exactly, and like. I think that's that's why I liked it more the second time because I, I wasn't happy on Christmas and it didn't it didn't matter because but like by the end of it he he loses his friends he loses a friend too and yeah like I guess you see him once once every year that's okay yeah and that's that's a that's not a happy ending it's an okay ending you feel okay about it but the alternative would be better is if he didn't passed yeah. away and was lived forever although the, do you know what the original ending was fuck what oh dude it was it was heartbreaking it was it was Jesper well in, in this ending they don't have kids so Jesper, Alva and Klaus they disappear and they're the ones so Jesper and Alva and Klaus they're making the gifts and then Jesper and Klaus go into, and uh, uh, like distribute the presents every christmas but like they disappear from the town yeah that's a bit much not all of them um that's a the, bit much I, like, it doesn't go, give you that go, beautiful they go full really north well. and there's like there was a scene animated where or, like partially animated where like they're going on the, they're going on the sledge and like beneath them there's ice but beneath the ice there's like a blue whale kind of there and it's glowing in like the northern lights and all that wow but, yeah the aurora borealis I, I loved i loved this ending a lot and I think this ending works because it's not all happy. And another, like, the only good happy ending example I can give for, like, a Christmas project is the Hawkeye ending. Because mm. there were, yeah. cause, like, by the, like, until episode six dropped, we kind of, we kind of had a feeling of he's probably not going to make it. Yeah, it did feel a bit that way. But it's more like at the end, she's like, what about Ladyhawk? What about this name? He's like, I've got an idea. Cut to black. Yeah. Like handing the reins over. Like the, you know. the arrow goes through the screen. and Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's perfect. Um, yeah, right on. I think my my other cliche is a little bit more of a nor- like not not so tied to the this one. Um, the chimney thing. Yeah. Like the only realistic the only realistic version of that story is the one that Phoebe Cates tells in Gremlins about her dad going down the chimney and breaking his fucking neck. All right. He had a friend who had a young son and we asked him once, you know, we were in a place I don't know where we were, I, I can't remember the specifics, but we were in a place that didn't have a chimney. And and we we're like, What what's he gonna do, mate? What's he what's he gonna do? Thinking, ha, this is gonna stump the kid and he's like, he just comes through the front door. I'm like, 
hang on a minute. What if it's locked? He's like, um, he's Santa. Like, and that was it. It was just the fucking confidence of this kid. I was yeah. like, yeah, right on. I can feel that. So yeah, don't worry about the chimney. The only good chimney scene with the Santa Claus is in Violent Night where he, where he kills John Leguizamo. By, yeah, by making him go up the chimney magically. That's true. That's very, very true. Um, cool. What's question number two? May fuck kill Santa Jesus. Okay. I'm not answering that. No, no. <laughs> Jesus is already dead, so the work's done there. <laughs> who who was the third one? Mariah Carey. Mariah Carey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Jesus is already dead, so job done. Um, but then again, he will come back, so don't worry about it. Marry Mariah Carey because she's got plenty of money, and and fuck Santa if it's David Arbor. That's sold. That's I'll fuck Santa if it was had they can fuck me. Can we can we go on? Yeah, <laughs> we can if you like. Um, Christmas. Wow, Jesus Christ! Hey, no, you know what? I was not going to answer that question. I'm like, no, we need to understand that we started this. This is what the show is, and people are just reacting to the tone of the show. So, I I'm not going to deny them. <laughs> I'm not going to deny them answers to their sexy <laughs> questions, just because I'm worried about how they might feel. Let's do it. J.K. Simmons is uh, uh, Santa. J.K. Simmons is Santa. Absolutely. Animated and all. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> What's question three? You seemed worried about that one too. What Christmas classic uh, you do have not watched yet? What Christmas classic have I not watched yet? Like ever. Well, okay. I haven't watched Die Hard, so. Okay. Well, that, that's not a fucking Christmas movie or whatever you said. Fucking it just, it got, guff, mate. Just... Talking fucking nonsense over there, mate. Well, I remember watching the Home Alone movies when I was a kid, but I have never watched them willingly as not a <laughs> What, does someone hold a gun to your head? What happened? Um, let me have a look here. Sorry, I'm just going through my... Um... Oh, I want that piss you off even more. Okay. Batman Returns. You haven't seen it? No. It's very good. Wasn't that the one you did the... You did the watch along for? No, no. I did the watch along for Scrooged with Bill Murray. What was the other one? The other the other watch along was Ghostbusters. Right, okay. Yes, I, I like, I I like watched, those movies. I watched uh... That's okay. That's totally fine. Um okay, I think probably the one that I haven't seen um is uh, a Christmas story. Um or a Christmas carol. No. No, a Christmas story. Um which is like a, a really famous one. They did a sequel to it um, not too long ago either. Uh, also Black Christmas, which is like a horror movie version of one. Trading Places, I haven't seen either. That takes place at Christmas. Tokyo Godfathers takes place at Christmas. I haven't seen that. The Holiday Affair, haven't seen that. So yeah, there, there's a bunch. I, I, I watch a few. Krampus, haven't seen that. Um, I have some that I go back to pretty pretty religiously, but I try and add new ones every year. Like this year I watched um, Genie, um, Christmas in Connecticut, from 1945, Candy Cane Lane, um, Holiday Inn, which is fucking racist as a 1940s newspaper, so much so that they cut out one of the one of the scenes because it had the main characters in blackface. It was fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> intense. Um, yeah, so there's there's heaps there. Right. I will say that both of us have watched a Christmas classic um, called Holiday Season. 
Happiest season, holiday season. I fuck up every time. I think it's happiest season. You're talking about the one with... um, that one. uh, uh, Kristen Stewart and... Who's who's the other actress in it? Uh, Something Mackenzie Crook. Mackenzie. Love the Mackenzie Grace. Mackenzie Grace. Mac yeah. and cheese and biscuits. It is. It's happier season. It is. And who's, it's the, who's the actress? Mackenzie Davis. Mackenzie Davis. She's one of those uh, Terminator pictures. I like her a lot. Um, yeah, I really like that movie. I, I watched it last year, but it wasn't on anything streaming this year, which is a which is a shame. If you get a chance, watch that because that's that's really good. It doesn't need to be a Christmas movie either. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, by all, by all points, it isn't one if the supernatural things are must for you. Nothing supernatural about that film. Um, here we go, number four. Santa is captured in a sexy action film. <laughs> who leads as Mrs. Who leads as Mrs. Klaus on on an adventure to save him? Okay, so Santa is kidnapped. They have to go and save him, and. Uh, Mrs. Claus is, uh, is is got to go on the adventure to 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 get him. Uh, Mila Jovovich, who? Because she's a badass as well. Mila Jovovich from uh, Fifth Element, the um, Resident Evil pictures. Okay, got you now. She'd be pretty good. Yeah, she's 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 sort of like she'd be in her probably late forties, early fifties, I think. Now, if you were thinking about like an older kind of more stately. You know, maybe a um, a Gina Davis uh, might be a good, or or a a um, a, uh, a Viola Davis. We get all the Davises in there. She might be really good too. Um, if you're thinking younger, um, Hunter Schaefer. But then again, I put her in everything. And 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 the 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 you know Santa Claus uh, for that could be the guy who plays the the um, uh, the pansexual dad in Euphoria. Yeah. You know, I'm talking yeah. about the actor's name, but you know that'd be a nice little correlation. That'd be just one for me, but you know, um, yeah. So that that that's my pick. Z. You brought a hunter Schiffer. Where where the fuck else should I go now? Yeah, I know. There's not a lot of room in the left now. Hunter Schiffer. I'm not, I'm not going. There you go. Else. It's a very specific picture, but fuck it, we love it. Um, and the final question is: What three wise persons from from comics or movies would you love to have? advice from oh that's an interesting question wise people in comics or movies alfred pennyworth charles xavier and t'chaka the 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 the, the, the uh, black panther before t'challa yeah he's like t'chaka his dad mine is uh hank mccoy yeah okay yeah that's that's a better one than mine actually science still in science but also just humanity stuff. Just also everyday stuff. Yeah, I get that. Um, Superman. Yeah. Because why the fuck not? Mm-hmm. I was thinking older than me. You know what I mean? Like Superman's... I'm older than Superman now, like by by all reports. He's in his 30s. So oh, I was okay. thinking like he's older than me. Yeah. Well, all the, it was, all it was the kind of hitting, hitting all the points. You know what I mean? It was like... What, sorry? No, you go ahead. It was like hitting all the points. Like, you know, if I needed advice... Uh, that was like, you know, about how to, how to deal with my own insecurities and, and, you know, how I want to live my life, that'd be Alfred. If it was how to deal with other people, it, you know, I'd be talking to Charles because he can read minds and things like that. And if it was spiritual advice, it would be T'Chaka. That's where you would get that from because he's, 
in the afterlife already. Um, yeah, so sorry, you were saying? Hank McCoy, that's a great choice. Yeah, and Superman. Both of, Superman. Both of them are older than me. Yeah, yeah, by a good margin. and But they won't always be. Eventually you'll clear that because ideas we'll, don't we'll age. We'll see all that. Yeah. <laughs> I have a tie. got to call in to I be I have immortal. a tie for, like, number three. Okay. Um. So, Barbie. Sure. Like, like. That's for the spiritual again, yeah. And Dick Grayson, because everyone loves a dick. Everybody loves a bit of dick. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we come to the close of another episode. Jolly Merry Horny Christmas. <laughs> Jolly Horny Christmas. Thank you so much for coming along and indulging us in our post-Christmas Christmas Klaus Love Fest that we just had. I do hope you you put it in the catalogue for next year and check it out and let us know if you dig it or if you don't or whatever. Just get in touch. Um, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for being our amazing audience. Addy. I love you so much. I love you too, buddy. This is good fun. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you as well being my podcasting pal. And uh, we'll see you next time for whatever the fuck it is. We don't know yet. We'll 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 figure it out. And 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 whatever is great. Um, so yeah, look after each other. Much love and remember, stay amazing, stay safe. Bye.